losing is tough. That is actually a very short and simple quote from the great uh, George H.W. Bush, the 41st President of the United States. In today's episode, I want to deal with the fact that all of us have faced losing. Whether it be a poor performance or someone outplaying you, you have to face the fact of the truth that you've lost the competition. How do you do that? And how can we do that in ways that would honor Christ and build our faith? And that's what today's episode is about on The Christ-Centered Athlete. Enjoy. I was uh, able to share on a radio program recently, and uh, the host actually caught me off guard because she asked me a very poignant question about how I would counsel someone uh, after they lose the game. And uh, like I said, it, it kind of caught me off guard. I didn't quite know how to answer that question. Um, I put some things together quickly in my mind about giving that person perspective and trying to see the bigger picture after a loss. And uh, I don't know that my answer was, was all that, uh, you know, helpful, but, uh, that's what this episode's all about. I want to give you some real great, uh, hopefully great advice about how to handle, uh, when you lose, uh, you know, everybody, everybody runs the race, so to speak, everybody plays the game. Uh, but only one person wins, and everybody else loses in a technical sense. Uh, you know, there's always a winner in these uh, matches and in your season, but there's always a loser. And so how do we deal with that? And so I want to give you some encouragement on exactly how to process when you lose the game. One of the things that uh, that jumps into my my head is is a personal experience. I was a part of a a football program in high school that was very successful, meaning that it, uh, you know, won a lot of games. And actually my senior year, I was a starting player on the offense. I was the quarterback actually. And I played the first five games in that starting role. And uh, the short story is, is that we played our homecoming game against a, a very good uh, rival in our conference. And uh, about midway through or halfway through the first half, you know, or midway through the second quarter, I suppose it was, I threw my second interception of the day and uh, it was returned for a touchdown and my coach decided to put in my replacement as quarterback. And that was actually the last time that I had I'd ever played quarterback in, on my team. Um, so, and we, we went on to lose that game and it was, it was a, you know, a crushing defeat and, um, you know, it was a really tough time for a young man who was, uh, felt like I had a lot riding on my shoulder pads, so to speak. And as you can imagine, I was very disappointed. And so in the locker room that night, I was, I kind of just wandered into the gym and, uh, our locker room was just off the, the gymnasium and it was dark in the gym. And I kind of walked in and sat in the front row of the bleachers and I was very discouraged. I had my head down and, uh, one of our assistant coaches, who was also a teacher that was very influential in my life, walked by me as he came out of the, the locker room and said, you know, he sat down beside me and said, hey, you know, you all right? I said, oh, I don't know. You know, I was kind of crying and just was really upset because we lost. And he said, you know, I want you to know that uh, there's about a billion people in China that don't even know this game happened tonight. 
and uh, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, and you got a lot going for you, and uh, I wouldn't let this keep you down too long. And so I just have never forgotten that. Uh, what he did was, you know, he kind of made a quick joke that there's a lot of people in the world that don't really care about that particular football game. Uh, and it certainly gave me, you know, some perspective on the big picture of life. Uh, but what I want to challenge you with is I want you to go back to the, you know, maybe the biggest competition that you've been in and or maybe the most recent competition that you've been in and uh, one, you know, a situation where you lost. And uh, I want you to think about that. I kind of titled this uh, episode, The Autopsy of a Loss. And that's maybe a gruesome kind of picture for your mind. But when a death occurs, uh, there are trained professionals to look at that situation and to literally dig into it and to figure out why it happened. And that's really what an autopsy of a loss would be, is for you to dig into that situation and glean whatever value you can in information. And so, but I want to I want to back up and I want to challenge you with two terms. Uh, and then I want to use some some passages of scripture to encourage you on how to process uh, being uh, broken in your loss rather than wounded. And so those are those two those two terms. Can you think about being broken? Um, a while back, maybe 10 or more years ago, there was a worship song that mentioned the word brokenness. Brokenness. Brokenness is what I long for. Brokenness is what I need. Brokenness is what you want from me, Lord. So take my heart, take my mind, take my soul. Some of you may remember that old song. It, it uh, may bring back memories for you. But the difference between brokenness and woundedness is where I want to start today. And so a woundedness is mentioned in the Proverbs, and uh, actually Proverbs in chapter, um, actually chapter 17, and uh, it's actually chapter 18, Proverbs 18, 14 says, the spirit of a man will sustain him, but a wounded spirit who can bear? And really how that's translated is when a person is wounded, he's really hard to handle. He or she is very defensive uh, and they have a very negative mindset with regard to their situation. A person with a wounded spirit is preoccupied uh, with that injury or their loss. Um, they see the instance of that loss in the worst possible situation, in the worst light. Um, that person only sees the bad and they, they ignore any of the good. Um, your mind might be filled with woes and suspicion and, and just uh, a self-pity. Think of a, a wounded person. A wounded person is a victim. They have a wounded spirit. They view themselves as a sufferer. Oh, woe is me. Um, we can't even respond sometimes to the kind actions of others. Um, it, it's, it's a very miserable place to be when you're wounded. Another um, factor of being wounded is that you, you blame everyone else. You know, it's the official's fault or my teammate's fault or the coach's fault. And in, in, a, wounded, in a wounded state, uh, you just simply are finding any other reason besides yourself for this loss. 
And I want to contrast that with someone who is broken. Because brokenness is certainly mentioned in the Bible as well. Actually, Psalm 51, verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, and a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. The, the translated word for broken there is, is wrecked or shattered or even crippled or maimed. And that's not a comfortable place to be, but it is very different from being wounded. So I want to challenge you when you face a loss. There's this temptation to become wounded, to, to get defensive, to have a negative mindset. But ultimately, I believe God is happy and he's pleased, and he's going to comfort you if you take on a broken spirit instead. So a brokenness would be to acknowledge that you were wrong in some way. A broken spirit does not make excuses. It, it isn't going to blame everyone else. In fact, a broken spirit takes full responsibility for what your contribution or lack of contribution to the loss was. A broken spirit produces genuine sorrow in a person. Um, there's no attempt here really to lift yourself up or to self-justify. Um, a person with a broken spirit has faced their own wrongdoing or their own error. And they're going to seek after God. They're going to seek to promote um, a relationship with God, to ask God why. Um, and then quickly to turn their mindset to ask God, what should I do? A, a broken spirit is teachable. Um, and a broken spirit lends itself to, to you being unworthy. A person with a broken spirit doesn't demand uh, an answer. Uh, his or her focus is not getting, you know, defensive. Um, she's probably grateful in a broken sense. So let me turn our focus to that, knowing the difference now between woundedness and brokenness. Let me uh, share with you the writings of the book of Hebrews. And in chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews, starting in verse 7, this is what we read. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And then a very key, uh, a very key verse here, Hebrews 12, verse 12. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. There's a great verse right there. Hebrews 12.12, 12, you should memorize it. 
Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet. You see, it turns our brokenness. It turns this hardship, this discipline that we're going through, into the good that should motivate us to get better. You know, I want to share with you um, also some words of Jesus. And in the book of Matthew, right in the beginning of Jesus' teaching, he shares with us what's called the Beatitudes. And these uh, wonderful statements in uh, Matthew chapter 5 talk about this brokenness. In, in, in some ways, they describe this brokenness that, uh, that, I'm, that I'm speaking of. Matthew 5, starting in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, all of this, if you look at that passage, you can see those traits that we need to respond with when we lose. When we're disappointed, when we're in this hardship of losing a key competition, are we poor in spirit? Are we mourning? Are we meek? Do we hunger and thirst for God's righteousness? Are we merciful? Are we pure? Are we making peace? You know, those are the traits of a broken person who can move forward from a loss to admit where they're wrong and to simply move on. But you know, it's, that sounds good. I know that, that, you know, the first part of this podcast, you're going, yeah, I know I need to do that, but sometimes I don't. How can I really handle that? It's really difficult. Um, but I want to share with you just one last story from the Old Testament. And it is from the story of the life of Job. Some of you know where I'm going with this. Job was a man that was very righteous, and he had a lot of wealth. And um, in essence, Job went through a time where he lost everything. And in the book of Job, um, you see this transition for him as he is uh, comforted by his friends. His friends come up to him, if you remember this story, and he's lost a lot. He's lost all of his wealth and he's disappointed. And his friends come up and said, well, you must have done something wrong, you know, or you must have done something to deserve this. And Job says, no, I don't think I did. And, you know, I just have to keep trusting God and so the, the book is, is quite poetic and it's very long, but if you read through it, it's, it's quite fascinating the way these friends are trying to comfort Job and their logic is really quite flawed. And so finally it comes to the end of the book where it's just really bad and he's lost everything and there's sores on his body and his health is starting to go. And... Uh, Job kind of cries out to God, much like maybe you and I do sometimes when we're hurting and we're in the throes of, of the diff, most difficult times. And we say, God, why have you done this to me? 
Why had this happened? I've worked so hard and I've tried to be faithful to you. And this is what I get. And uh, I want to take you to Job chapter 40. And uh, it's pretty powerful the way God answers Job here to his question. In chapter 40, verse 7, God speaks. And he, he, the Bible says he spoke out of a storm. So I think of a, a very loud, strong uh, thunderstorm. <laughs> and in verse 7, God says, Brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you will answer me. Would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's? Can your voice thunder like his? Then adorn yourself with glory and splendor and clothe yourself in honor. Unleash the fury of your wrath. Look at every proud man and bring him low. Look at every proud man and humble him and crush the wicked where they stand. He goes on to ask all of these questions that are obviously impossible questions for Job to answer. It's as if God's saying, you think that you're better, that you know better than me? How dare you ask these questions and question me? And then go to verse, uh, in chapter 42, verse 2. All these questions, it's a whole nother question, you know, uh, that hits Job right between the eyes, so to speak. And Job responds, chapter 42, verse 2, he says, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is, the, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderfully wonderful for me to know. My ears have heard of you, and now my eyes have seen you, and therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. You see, Job realizes that he's under God's leadership. He's under God's care. Even when it's as hard as it is, he has to trust that God is, is in control. And so that's the final thought that I have for you. As you face a crushing loss, one thing I want to encourage you with is that, you know, you're either winning or you're learning. <laughs> Let's think of it that way. And don't let losing define your identity because you're part of a process. Most of you are competing on a team that is part of a school, and that means that you're in your sport for educational reasons. Some of you may be professional athletes, and that's a little bit of a different situation, but for the most part, a Christ-centered athlete is to honor God through competing, win or loss, to stay faithful to God, to know and to trust that He is in control and that he is treating you and disciplining you for your good. And so that there's always something to learn by digging into a loss and trying to be broken in your process. I hope that encourages you today. Thanks for listening today. I know that was heavy stuff. 
feel free to go back through the uh, the episode perhaps I, I spoke from Job chapters 40 and 42 also in in Matthew chapter 5 and even Hebrews chapter 12 but I want to encourage in you this contrast between woundedness a negative or a past orientation uh, a victim mentality with a spirit that is broken and that is future oriented uh, open to self-discovery and self-examination in a loss so when you lose take a good hard look in the mirror that's a healthy thing to do and be broken in that loss that'll help you and to equip you to ask the questions what can I do now how can I get better and how do I move forward uh, better having been through that hardship as always folks thanks for reaching out to me I would love to hear from you email uh, Charles R. Grimes at gmail.com and until next time stay close to Jesus <music>